Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Hey everyone, I'm your host, asking the question in each episode, Am I Crazy? by tackling the most sensitive social, cultural, or political topics of the day. So last week we celebrated our independence as a country. It was July 4th and many people got out to express their pride in their country, regardless of who you think what direction it may be headed and your opinion on that. Um, overall, I saw people from all sorts of communities celebrating in their own way their love for this country. And honestly, I don't think there's a right and a wrong way to celebrate it. I spent half my day editing photos, which I enjoyed. There was nothing wrong with it, but um, I did head down to Oakland's Lake Merritt just to be a part of the vibe, the energy of people being out, enjoying themselves and the positivity. But it got me thinking, do people really know why they're celebrating this day of independence and how it came about and the history of it overall? And what the real meaning of celebrating our day of independence really is for. Right now, it's kind of hard to tell because we are slapped with um, mattress, car sales, uh, you know, Budweiser commercials, uh, you know, American flag bikinis and stuff. So, we're, you know, I don't know if, I, I you know, sometimes it's... It may seem like we just celebrate it because we have a reason to have a party, really. It got me thinking, how do we or how should we express our not only love for the country, for all its faults and bruises, but also, you know, what is it we're supposed to be celebrating? Like, do we know? Do we know our actual history for all the love we have for it? Do we even know why we're partying? So I want to share with you some fun facts of July 4th before I get into discussion on my opinion about Independence Day and what it means to me. Before the U.S. Declaration of Independence and the written of our Constitution, there were a few main events that occurred prior to even the Revolutionary War that helped shape uh, the words of our Constitution and the and the ideals that we try to uphold today here in America. Now, let's get into a little bit of the history. The paid debts incurred by England to win the French and Indian War in 1754 to 1763, British Parliament levied high taxes on the American colonies with the Stamp Act of 1965 and the Townsend Acts in 1767. The colonialists refused to pay, citing taxation without representation. In 1973, Parliament granted the East Indian Company a monopoly to import tea to America and then heavily taxed the import, believe it or not. So that set the stage for conflict. There was hostility between the colonialists and the the um, occupying English soldiers and just English rule overall. 
there was sentiment growing, right? So conflicts were brewing since 1754. English trying to find ways to pay debt, so they heavily taxed the colonialists. Boom. Colonialists have no say in parliament at this particular time. Thus, taxation without representation. Now, eventually, we have the Boston Massacre, which was a street fight that occurred in March 5th, 1770, between a patriot mob throwing snowballs and stones and sticks in a squad of British soldiers, which resulted in five dead patriots and six injuries, and one of them being Crispus Attucks, who was born in 1723 to 1770, was an African-American man killed during the Boston Massacre and thus believed to be the first casualty of the American Revolution. Uh, just a little side note to commemorate his death in 1888, the Crispus Attucks Monument was unveiled in Boston Common, so if you're down in the Boston area, feel free to go check it out, take a picture, and hashtag am I crazy, I'd love to see it. Now, the prelude to the Boston Massacre, there were tensions high, running high in Boston in early 1770 as more than 2,000 British soldiers occupied the city of 16,000 colonialists and tried to enforce Britain's tax laws, the taxes that were levied against the colonialists to pay for their French and Indian War, the expenses or rather the debt that they incurred. Now, American colonialists re rebelled against the taxes they found repressive and relying around the cry, no taxation without representation. Now, skirmishes between the colonialists and soldiers and between patriot colonialists and colonialists loyal to British, um, the, to the British crown were increasing commonly. Like it was growing. This didn't just come out of nowhere, this massacre. Now to protest taxes, patriots often, often vandalized stores selling British goods and intimidated, uh, and intimidated store merchants and their customers. On February 22nd, a mob of patriots attacked a known loyalist store Customers, uh, customs officer Ebenezer Richardson lived near the store and tried to break up the Rock Pelton crowd by firing his gun through the window of his home. His gunfire struck and killed an 11-year-old boy named Christopher Sider and further enraged the mob. No surprise. Psh, not a good move. Several days later, a fight broke out between local workers and British soldiers and it ended without serious bloodshed, but helped to set the stage for a bloody incident yet to come. Now, on a snowy evening of March 5th, 1970, a private Hugh White was the only soldier guarding the King's money stored inside the Custom House on King Street. It wasn't long before angry colonists joined him and insulted him and threatened violence. At some point, White fought back and stuck a colonialist with his bayonet. In retaliation, the colonialists... Uh, pelted him with snowballs, ice, and stones. Bells started to ring throughout the town, usually a warning of fire, sending a mass of male colonialists into the streets. As a result, on White continued, he eventually fell and called for reinforcements. And needless to say, a frenzy broke out, thus the Boston Massacre occurred. Not sure who struck or who shot first, um... But nonetheless, five colonialists were dead. Uh, we're not sure if it was the colonialist side or the British side that fired the first shot. But nonetheless, it is what it is. Now, I got that all from 
uh, history.com. So just to give you a little FYI, I didn't have that all by memory. With that said, that kind of really set the stage as far as the height of the frustration between the colonialists and being ruled under Great Britain in general. Now, a couple of years later, the Boston Tea Party of December 16th, 1773, which was a political protest by American colonialists in Boston against the British rulers' imposition uh, of unfair taxes. Now, a few years later, the Revolutionary War finally begins. You know, just I'm just trying to speed this along. Revolutionary War begins on April 19th to 1775. Um, at the beginning, most of the uh, colonists, American colonists, did not favor complete independence from Britain. So, like, most people weren't down for this whole protesting. It's similar to today, how there is a, you know a stain, I guess, against those who like to hit the streets and protest and make sure their voices are being heard. Um, so same thing then. Most people were like, hey, we kind of like what we got going on, you know? Um, we don't like t the unfair taxes, but I don't think most people were down for a full-fledged full war. Um after the war broke out in 1775, by the middle of the following year, however, many colonialists had come to favor independence thanks to growing hostility against Britain and the spread of the revolutionary sentiments such as those expressed in the best-selling pamphlet, Common Sense, published by Thomas Paine in early 1776. So, basically, propaganda, right? To support the reasons for true independence and why the rule of Britain over the American colony was unjust and um, how we're taking advantage of and screw that. We're going to fight for independence. Fun facts time. Okay, here's eight fun facts that I found on an article written by Daniel Costa Roberts of PBS.org. Fun fact number one, the colonies officially declared independence on July 2nd. Number two, few if any members of Congress signed the Declaration of Independence on the 4th of July. Number three, Thomas Jefferson's draft of the Declaration of Independence condemned slavery, though that was kind of admitted later. So, uh, Number four, be extra careful when driving on July 4th because it's one of the most deadliest holidays to be on the road. Number five, your fireworks and American flag were probably made in China. Hmm. Number six, three U.S. presidents have died on Independence Day. Yee. Number seven, July 4th is also a holiday in the Philippines and Rwanda. I guess we do have more things in common with our neighbors to the east and west. Number eight, the melody of the Star Spangled Banner came from the official song of an English club. The Declaration of Independence has five parts. They are the preamble, the statement of human rights, charges against human rights, charges against the king and the parliament, and the statement of separation and signatures. I just want to give you a little background on July 4th. Give you a little context as to some of the basic facts on how this holiday even came to be and what makes this day so important. This is America's birthday for its faults, 
and for all its glory. Our ideals were written on paper that we try to uphold ourselves to. Now, there's many interpretations of it, but and we can still argue about it today. But ultimately, there are certain ideals that we can look to the left and to the right of us that most of us can agree on. Even James Baldwin understood that regardless, this is the land I know. This is the land I call home. And me personally, I have issues about this country, but still like being able to have the right to dispute and protest actions of our leaders is a, not only a fundamental right, but it's it's an absolute blessing to be able to do that, to have a podcast like this and many others without some um, law enforcement agency kicking down my door. I'm not in a cave reporting from you uh, to you guys right now, um, and that's because we I'm reporting here from America, so I have that right. That's amazing. Now there's many more works to be done, but nonetheless, I think that's that's still amazing. On July 4th, I stumbled upon an amazing article, and between me editing a whole lot of photos, I think I was editing a fashion editorial that day or something. But nonetheless, um, I stumbled upon this amazing article because I was contemplating what is the meaning of July 4th, but not like the meaning as far as the facts that I mentioned, but like, what? why do we hold it so dear? And not only that, it was fascinating on how different we all celebrate it and share our expression for the love of this country so here's an amazing article that i found it was written by holly jackson on uh nytimes.com newyorktimes.com um on july 3rd which is ironic the day before and it was entitled forget the parades protest the 4th of july now it wasn't about protesting the 4th of july it was about the politics of protest and how important that was to our founding fathers and those who had died to gain our independence and how we shouldn't forget that. I quote, in our time, July 4th has become detached from the politics of protest, but the history of the United States suggests that this not need ought to be the case. These days, many Americans seem to disapprove of protests in general, and for them, demonstrations on the 4th of July might seem particularly offensive, even worse than taking a knee during a national anthem. But this attitude fundamentally misunderstands the nature of the holiday. July 4th commemorates a protest so incendiary that its participants, the signers of the Declaration of Independence, risked execution as traitors to the crown. Now think about that. We're talking about colonialists, the people. In many times, in many cases, people with almost no power, being overburdened with taxes, but even more so, having no representation in parliament who passed the bills to levy those taxes. And then economically squeezing them out of trade. Thus the Eastern Company gaining that monopoly of importing tea to America and which led up to protests and organizations and the Boston Tea Party uh, the Boston Massacre was just was just uh, another spark I mean if those 
if those sentiments weren't there in the first place, you know, no one would have attacked that one British soldier or at least showed their anger toward those who were uh, sympathetic to the crown. I think it was King George at the time. Now, those actions were protests. And many times it was physical, shoot, violence. Quite honestly, the Boston Massacre was violent. Not only words, there were stones throw. You could blame the British for firing their muskets, but stones were being thrown. There were acts of violence on both sides. Look at the revolutionary sentiments that was being spread in the common sense. I mean, that's a form of propaganda. You know, nothing different from today's newspapers or tweets or or uh, Facebook posts. Our ability, our right to express our difference and our anger with our the direction to our, our right to complain. Shit. That's, to me, why we are celebrating today. I mean, the First Amendment, that's our first protection, our First Amendment is our right to protest. I mean, for those who, whatever it may be, I don't care if you're conservative or liberal or whatever, you have that right. And it's because of a few who, faced execution these would have been traitors they would have been hung or beheaded if they had lost they risked their life in many cases they had something to lose thomas jefferson he's he had money even though he somebody's founded father's own slaves i mean they had money they had things to lose and they had if they had lost this fight they would have lost everything and then some to me those who choose to protest on the July 4th, first of all, it's nothing new. In the 60s, we've done it. And all the way up to now, I mean, I, there's been a protest. Heck, there were protests on July 4th for immigration, and which is ironic because one of the five parts of the Declaration of Independence was the statement of human rights and the charges against human rights. Now, this is... This is uh, aimed at um, Great Britain and the crown and the parliament, but we were fighting for our own human rights and declaring our human rights when it comes to the direction of our country. But now we seem to be denying human rights when it applies to others. So kind of ironic. But nonetheless, our right to be upset and to express it, to voice it, to organize this frustration, that seems to me be a very logical way to celebrate our day of independence. We didn't get to independence by our unwavering loyalty to the crown because that's what it seems like. It seems like our unwavering loyalty to our presidency or our government, no matter what they're doing, seems to be the only way to be patriotic it seems being patriotic means for you to be absolutely blind to certain horrible issues that is not american to me we are rebellions we are rebels that's what they called us they didn't call us lovely colonialists they called us fucking rebels that's what we do we like things big we like things loud we like to disturb and buck the system look at us with 
with our relation to technology, we buck the system. How we deal with finances, we buck the system. That's what we do. We make shit happen here in America. And it's not by being nice or playing by the rules all the time. Sometimes we have to get up and just say, fuck it, I'm going to chart my direction this way. And we did. A lot of lives have to be lost. Freedom isn't free. No matter what side you're on. You can't just handshake your way to making change happen. Sometimes you have to get up and disturb some people. That's what 4th of July was about. Years of frustration Years of disturbance, which led to our independence. It didn't just come about because we all decided on it. We had to fight. We had to convince our neighbors that this was the right way to go. Thus, common sense. We were trying to convince those who still were like, hell no, I don't dig all this fight and stuff. You know, maybe it isn't all that bad. Maybe if we just keep complaining, things will happen. Some people said, no, we have to pick up the gun and make some shit happen. Now, I'm not saying pick up the gun now, whether you're upset with things uh, currently. But what I'm saying is the act of being rebellious is what we should be celebrating, not fucking promotional sales of mattresses and cars and some other bullshit. Celebrating our right to be upset. That to me seems to be a magnificent way to celebrate our independence. I've, I've yet to see serious change happen in this country without, without protest. Women's march, I'm talking about the right to vote. African-Americans, civil rights, even uh, immigrant Irish and Italians who were spit upon. They had to protest and organize. Jewish Americans, Latinos today, Native Americans the list goes on and I'm sure I forgot a few and I just don't have the time but you understand I mean history has taught us that if we if we had no organization if we did not have the courage to stand up in the face of America and say hey man you're not living up to your ideals correct your shit many of us would still be in bondage I mean let's just be honest with ourselves here we take for granted those who dare to stand up. Now, we could argue about the strategies and the tactics on another podcast, but many times it's those who who choose to put themselves in the street at a city hall meeting or just at the voting booth that we get to enjoy the freedoms we have. Independence isn't free, people. So if you don't have the strength or the time or the finances or the luxury to get out and protest, don't, you know, I know it can be inconvenient, but, you know, let's let's that's part of being America, that protest. Don't don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's annoying when traffic is blocked. Don't you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I feel you. Again, I'm not here to argue strategy, but what I'm saying overall is just as apple pie is, so is protesting is being American. Now, you could object to why they're protesting, but protesting itself is not an evil act. It's actually one of the most American acts that we can undertake as a citizen. Those are a few thoughts. If you have any thoughts, comments, or any opinions that you feel like we should be discussing or on this show, 
please post a comment on the on my podcast please make sure you subscribe to my feed um we are on instagram at am i crazy and if you have any opinions yourself you can share those with me by emailing me at am i crazy 247 at gmail.com of course we're on twitter at am i crazy so if you have any questions feel free to send me any of those until next time i'm robert silver thank you for listening is it acceptable to go to mickey d's just for a drink <laughs> of course it is but good luck leaving with just a drink it's more than a drink it's a mickey d's drink and right now a small minute made slushy is just 159 so all you have to do is choose a flavor like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed prices and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.